Well, howdy there, Mark. Well, hey there, Johnny. What's going on, buddy? Um, you know, I've been... I, I ended my semester, like, last week, man. Yep. And I've been... I, I only had, like, a week off, and so I had to jump right into my summer semester. It's kind of a pain in the ass. But, you know, it, shit happens. But I, with my week off of time, like, I'm so used to staying busy. You know, oh, you got to go to internship. Oh, you got to go do class. Oh, you got to make sure that you maintain your relationship with your lady who is very far away and eight hours ahead of you. All this shit. And so what does Johnny do when he's got downtime now? Like, for even seven whole days? Johnny goes and finds the stupidest, weirdest, like, most bizarre-ass shit that you could imagine. And that's, like, ESPN 8, the Ocho live track and field. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Now, you know that uh, our, our lovely alma mater has got a, a very storied history when it comes to track and field. Shit, it's about the only thing they're good at. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know uh, quite a bit about some of these events, but I just started watching this. It's like NCAA Division One, like, track and field. So it's these, like, obscenely skinny and stupidly ripped people just, like, running, sprinting, throwing shit as hard as they can like all over the place. And I get to watching this and all of a sudden, like I, I think it's fun to kind of people watch in the background because they've still got multiple events all happening at the same time. Um, and I'm people watching in the background and I see this just like what looks to be like a 16, 17 year old kid. The only one that doesn't look like they belong anywhere near a, a track. Like this kid is heavy, like my size heavy and probably three inches shorter. Okay. Um, okay. And he is just like hanging out in the middle and I, he's got like, it's, it's almost like, um, like a cow head or something like that. It looks like he has fashioned himself some, some like steer longhorns, but they're not like, like it's not fuzzy or anything. It's like, he just has this, has these longhorns that he strapped to his head like a, like a helmet or something. Okay. And he's out there and he is just like wandering around on all fours pretending to eat grass as one of these longhorn cows. He's dressed up in the same track uniform as other people around him. Mm-hmm. And these other people just keep giving him weird ass looks. And the coach is like loving this kid. He is just clapping and excited and jumping up and down. And I'm just like, what in the fuck is going on here? I, I don't, it was just, it was the weirdest thing. And then all of a sudden I, I, I see the coach like get all nervous and then he like looks at the kid and he walks over to him and he kind of grabs his head and grabs him by the horns and just like gets up in his face and starts yelling at him. And I, I swear, like I know ESPN and all that stuff, they don't pick up every single thing, but I could have swore, I, all I could hear this coach screaming was, you better go listen to the dang old podcast. <laughs> welcome everybody. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the dang old podcast. Uh, Nine out of ten track coaches recommend it. Uh, this it's a weekly King of the Hill <laughs> podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny, we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up. We see if maybe we could have done a better job, like writing at it, because we're to the point where we can be pretentious and you know motivate ourselves yeah. to like be better as you know humans and creatives and so forth. And um. I want to get into this, buddy, but first I got to ask you a question. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you recording? I'm I'm recording. Yeah? 
Because I'm recording so bad, the only way you can stop me is a waterboarding. Ooh. Ooh, that is bad. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time today oh. at work trying to write a better joke. I was trying to write a Harmonaholics joke. I was trying so hard, and yep. that was the best I did. You know what? I appreciate the efforts. I'm sure our listeners appreciate the effort, but please don't make that joke in public. Well, it's all right. They get to just hear it when they're in public, and it'll be our own exactly. dirty little secret. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. dirty little secrets. <laughs> it's so dirty, you Mark. think that I'm flirty and 30. Okay. And a blonde from Tampa. <laughs> Bobby on track. I say we jump right in. <laughs> yes, episode 185 this week, Bobby on track. Original air date, May 8th, 2005. This is written by Aaron Abrams and Gregory Thompson. Mark, have we seen them before? Those uh, those names seem pretty new to me. Uh, we last saw them on Han- or on Hank's back story. We just okay. saw uh, Johnny Depp yoga episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. we just saw them there cool. and then... um. They write a couple more in the future, but I don't like calling out the future ones. I just like knowing what we ha- have seen them in. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, getting their pedigree here. I love it. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you, Aaron and Gregory. We appreciate you for this week's episode. Um, our cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Coach Palmer, Ramon Alejandro, Chained, Wasana Song, that fucking asshole Carl Moss, Stuart Dooley, and Joseph Gribble. <laughs> Jesus. I every time, dude. I hate that dude so much. You, um, <laughs> you know, you dropped the Bill Deba Wabatrov, like whatever you know, Bill and his weird little names. Debatrov, yes. Well, yeah, but you dropped that bit to pick up the fuck Carl Moss bit, and I think it's interesting to note the like the 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 surgeons in Carl Moss appearances here in the later seasons of King of the Hill. Oh, Just man. because I always catch it when you you know call him out, but. It's true. It's very true. Um, Coach Palmer is our only new character that we have introduced, and it's uh, he's voiced by a King of the Hill staple, Phil Hendry. Yep. Um, we've been seeing a lot of Phil Hendry lately. I really honestly didn't remember him in this show that much. So that's kind of cool to me. I, I'm, I'm discovering a voice actor that I didn't realize that I liked as much as I do, mm-hmm. and I really do like Phil Hendry. Uh, synopsis for this week, Bobby finds that he has a talent for motivating the other kids on the track team. Short, sweet, succinct, and to the point, I I don't know how best to describe this episode other than it it feels weird to be celebrating Bobby's mediocrity. And even Hank gets on board at one point. That's a Bobby plays a sport episode. I mean, he's not a it good is. wrestler. He's not a good football player. He's not a good soccer player. He's he's a really great dog dancer, but that's about it. Like, <laughs> hey, we haven't seen uh, Tartuffe yet, so we'll get there. That's not technically clowning. It's not a sport, though, is it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't want to watch the clown this... Olympics either way. Like, I just don't need that in my life. <laughs> Our A story characters this week: Bobby and Hank. Um, Mark, I didn't find a B story in this episode, so why don't we just jump on into the notes? Let's do it, buddy. You want to take it away? Yeah, um, I don't have a lot here. I, I hadn't watched this episode in a while, so it was kind of fun to sit back and really, like, take in the, the, the meat and the bones, the protein out of this one. Um, so my first one here, Kid Hauer is in the very beginning. I'm, I'm sure you noticed him, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice that he literally has the letters K H on his shirt? 
I'm sure that means something else. It's got to be something else, right? Like it has to be. I, there's no way that they're be, gonna like they're not gonna name a character Kid Howard. That'd be weird for 2005. That's not something you do back then. <laughs> That's some Rick and I, Morty just, bullshit from like 2012, and you felt smart for noticing it. You know. Right. I'm not. Right. I'm not making fun of you. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's no, no, no way that that's intentional. But now I'm like trying to rack my brain with what KH could stand for. Um. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean Kevin something. I. Maybe. Um. Yeah. Maybe. I don't. I, don't, I got nothing. Mark, He's a huge Kevin Hart fan. That's what it is. That's what it is. What of his name's Chris? Oh, God, he could be a Chris. Chris Hill. <laughs> there we go. It's perfect. Um, did you know, I, this is something I picked up after years of years and years and years of watching this show that I never knew. Did you know that Joe Jack was married? No, I, yeah, he, they talk about it once, right? Or don't. Do they? I don't know. I feel like they mentioned it, but I don't think it, I didn't think it ever mattered. I just kind of assumed he was, you know? It caught me off guard when Hank was like, yeah, even Joe Jack did this and he doesn't even pay his alimony. And I went, wait a minute. Joe Jack is fucking married. Well, not anymore. Like, no, but he was married. Like that is, that's a whole can of worms that I almost want to explore. I'd rather have a Joe Jack and his ex-wife episode than four goddamn Enrique episodes. (laughs) It's a whole can of worms, honey. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's Indian Summer Mark. Um, <laughs> it's just so good. Um, I can't. Every as damn time, as, man. <laughs> as far as uh, as his nicknames go, yes. Bobby's had quite a few nicknames already in this show, right? Like, yep. the, I can think of Hank calling him Ace, and I can remember Dale calling him the Professor, and like he's he's had a couple of different nicknames, right? Yeah, I sure. think I like stick the best. Okay. Okay. And maybe it's just this the juxtaposition of the fattest kid on the track team being called stick. Oh, but I think that's great. <laughs> um, those are my notes, man. Like I said, I, I didn't oh, wow. know a lot for that at least. Um, tell me you picked up something else I missed. Yeah, no, I got quite a few here. Um, uh, number one, the stick. Also, Bobby has done everything now but basketball. Yeah. Sports-wise, like, um, he's even been a cheerleader. Like, so he's into, like, non-traditional, like, sports, you know? Um, progressive dinner sounds good as shit, and the breakfast sounds even worse. But, but, this is almost a pro for me. Dude, we dodged a very annoying breakfast-based bullet, and I am just... Yes. So glad. Hey, if nothing else, Gregory, you get like, <laughs> man, that's like, you're already up. You're already up a rank. Like you didn't waste a B plot. <laughs> you just chose to not include one and cut it off early. That was amazing. I, you I'd even say that was show. a hell of a misdirect. Like, yeah, the MTV, what's it done to him? There is Hank calling out the MTV again per you. The MTV. Yeah. Thank you for picking that up. I noticed it. I just didn't make a note of it. I got you. Um, at this, or sorry, uh, running is punishment. It's just kind of, it's, God, that's a great idea. Like, if you wanted to punish me, make me run. Like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so you're you're telling me that when when Ajax is 13, 14 years old, and you catch him sneaking out or sneaking back into the house, he reeks of alcohol, and you know he's done something stupid all night. You're waking his ass up at five o'clock in the morning and making him go run until he pukes. No, we're going running right then. <laughs> oh shit! Even better. No, we're playing. We're playing like Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I'm getting on the bike, and I'm gonna flip the little headlight on, and we're just gonna run to, or he, we're just gonna run till I puke. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Ajax. Yeah, well, don't you sneak in at 13. Wait till you're 16, you'll shit. Also, stop talking about my imaginary boy. Don't you come near me and my imaginary son ever again. <laughs> hey, I don't have an imaginary boy because I haven't guest starred on I Can't, I can't Wait to Show the Kids. So, it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> It's not going to be an imaginary boy. It's going to be an imaginary girl. Her name is Marin, and she's adorable. Yeah, and her and Ajax get married and bind our houses forever. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, we'll fear in, in the, the might of House Shones. <laughs> oh, man. We will leave. Uh, sorry, I sidetracked you hard. as two kings. Oh, I could be a wizard king. I'm in. Let's do this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You already hit this one really, really hard, and I almost feel bad for bringing it up, but here we are anyway. At this point, Phil Hedren is basically just established cast. He's here all the goddamn time. Right by this point in season nine, he's a staple. Like, I and I'm curious to see if he sticks it past season nine. Right? Yeah. Like maybe it was just, hey, you needed a job for the year, and we needed somebody to fill in. Because, like, one of our regulars was off doing a bunch of other crazy shit. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go get Phil. Yeah, I... I, I'm really curious. But, yeah, no, you're right. Like, he feels like an established, just cast character at this point. Or cast voice that we should be hearing every week. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck, I hear him more than I hear Brittany Murphy. At this point? I mean, next episode. It's spoilers already. We're jumping ahead. Luann's there. Brittany Murphy doesn't show up to class. Like... Yeah, it's... yeah. She doesn't. You, she is animated and doesn't say a fucking word. Yeah, we'll get into it when we get into that one. But like, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, there's that. Um, per my co-wizard Josh, uh, you put the shot. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody, if you haven't checked out Two Wizards, go in and listen to the the. What is he? The resident track and field wizard. Yeah. 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 Fuck, dude, he was a decorated collegiate athlete. Yeah, he is. Yeah, more, yeah, like, yeah. I think that's the most, like, wizardly anything any one of us got, so yeah. Like, he was meddled in it, you know? Um, Mother Gribble is dead, question mark, number one. Because Boomhauer used to play that prank on Dale where he told me my mom died, and it really took the sting out when she did. So, when did his mom die? We saw her at least alive, and now who's the dummy when Dale was, like, eight or nine? So... Sometime yes. in high school, but I'm we assuming? did. I, I would guess because we did not see him or see her at his wedding flashback. Right, which leads me to my next point: is that when uh, Bug ran off to join the rodeo? Interesting. Yeah, could have been. I imagine sometime around Bug high never... school. Like I don't know if Bug stuck around until Dale was out or just took off, but I wonder. Yeah. 
Well, and it makes me wonder if, if Bug ever actually had to come out to his wife or if she died thinking that he was a straight man that gave her a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Just thoughts, I don't know. Um, Hank knows about the monkey's paw. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't buy that Bobby is as out of shape in this episode as he is. He's, again dances with dogs like i conned it because he did a kip up and yeah i know that was last season but like consistently we see bobby being unnecessarily athletic especially like you know running cross country as the boy minotaur like so yeah for this one i feel like they're kind of just doing him a little bit dirty but at the same time i get it it's that's the point you know peggy's a little Mm -hmm. bit dumber in peggy episodes and bobby is a little bit fatter in bobby needs to be an athlete episodes yeah yeah um just as a general rule, I, I took time to write this, so I guess I'll let you know how I feel. This is a solid episode. Bobby doesn't feel like he's being exploited. Hank gets his dumb shit flipped on him, but it isn't like uh, that boy ain't right type deal. Like He's more embarrassed for Bobby, but doesn't understand that yeah. Bobby like is kind of owning it and you know taking control. But then they are all foisted by their own Leon petards, and then foisted by their Leon petards <laughs> once again. This... Uh, Greg Thompson really, really throws some, throws a, I would say what four, I would say four solid twists into a 23 something minute episode. God damn, yeah. dude. Like it's tight. It works. You know exactly what we're doing. Like, like I said already, I got horned up for the misdirect of the a plot that never was like, yeah, man. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a solidly written episode. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And then finally, um, really quick about the ending. How do you feel about it? Like Bobby saves the day. Should he? Should he have? Should he not have? Do you know what I mean? Because so, there's no way he was gonna outrun anybody. So he kind of no, like exactly. helped him along, kind of gave him like the boot in the ass that he needed to win. But I like it because okay, let me break this down for you. Okay, I wrote in the bottom here because I totally forgot that he actually wins. I remember him grabbing it. I remember him running and losing the massive lead that they had. And I remember all of the kids falling over, but I forgot who actually won the race in the end. So that was kind of a, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I can see this. It makes sense. It's cohesive. I think for me, what it does is it solidifies the kids all chanting for Bobby as the stick. Yeah. It it would have looked a lot more. Yeah. It would have looked a lot more cruel if he never actually added anything to the team. But the fact of the matter is Bobby technically got a letter in in track and he actually fully com- competed in an event that meant something to someone. Yeah. So I like this ending because it wraps a lot of that story up really well. And damn, if Bobby didn't deserve it, he gets that pep talk. He goes out and he tries his fucking hardest. Now, not everybody has to win all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But it's really nice to see the kid that has been dumped on for being the stick all episode finally show up and go, it was not fucking pretty, but I gave it my all and it just happened to work out for me. Does that make sense? No, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, um, I like the ending, man. Okay, cool. Cause I like it too, but I didn't know if I was getting like, I don't know, tender or something. No, I, part of this, I think, is it's how many misdirects you have in this episode because you can't, like, you know, eventually Bobby's going to get called up, but you never expect it to, you never expect him to win. Yeah. Because, like so. you're saying, though, I forgot how this episode ended. Um, 
I kind of just like blocked it out, but yeah, it was it was cool. I don't know. I really yeah. liked it. Left you with a good taste in your mouth. It's it's a sign of good writing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I felt like this ending was earned. We've yeah. had some other really chintzy ones that weren't earned. Yeah, for as Deus Exe as the ending is, it was the most earned as of late. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, those are my notes. Sorry, I had a ton. No, you're good. You're good. I'll jump into my pros. Um, <laughs> fucking Bill, dude. Okay. His his line, his declaration to everybody in the alley that of, guys, I think I need suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much because, damn it, Mark, I'm a suspenders guy now. I hit it about a year and a half ago where it's just more comfortable for me to wear suspenders than a belt. Oh, buddy. Damn it, Bill. You made me feel bad about myself, even though you weren't supposed to be doing that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's it's a pro in here because it's. I love how happy Bill is about it. It's almost like a pride thing for him. Um, pro here is Peggy is decrumbing the toaster yet again, but isn't saving the crumbs because Bobby doesn't need more crumbs. Oh, he needs those carbs, man. Don't take those. Carbo loading. Um, dude, Dale's dead mother. Holy shit. That's a dark joke. <laughs> Loved it. Like God, that, that gut punched me. I also forgot that joke was in this episode. You know, when I heard it, it was like, oh, fuck, that's right. That's that's from this. God, that is so messed up. Do they even pan to Boomhauer? Because I was busy typing. I didn't even see. Does he even show any shame? Yeah, because yeah, cause he's like, and then you, then it happened. It took this thing out. And it kind of like gets a little close up. And he, yo, like he kind of just like, oh, like kind of okay. like acknowledged nods it. Like, yeah. Okay, good. Well, that makes me happy then. But God, that is... That's one of the darkest jokes I think we have seen in this series. It's one of the darker ones. It's up there with, like, um, I bought uh, Joseph the cutest little puppy. Wait, what am I saying? It's a dog now. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, it's well, that's not dark. That's just dirty, so never mind. That one doesn't count, but yeah. Or, or you know, um, I would say pain water, cotton in the car. I over-reminisced and brought uh-huh. up the pain water. Pee diddle. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was oh, a very absolutely. dark moment, yeah. Like, but yeah. I think this one might be in the, I'd say one of the top darkest, honestly. Yeah. God, yeah. Um, we already talked a little bit about how I liked the ending here. I, I forgot that Bobby had won, but I really enjoyed the ending. Um, but just before that, I really appreciate that Bobby is so proactive. It fits fits his character that he's so proactive and reframes his role as the stick. He, it gets explained to him: you're only there to shame the good people. Yeah. You know, Hank is very direct with him about that of you do realize that your whole the whole purpose of you being here is to make everybody else like step up their game and you're there as as the intentional fuck up. Like Hank is very very straight with him about that, but his reframe into, "Oh, so I'm a motivator." I like that. I can do that role. That you know, like I want everyone to succeed. I want the team to win. If I'm helping them do that by being their motivation, then they don't want to see me up there. Fuck it, I'll own it. And that's a huge pro to me. Okay. So Okay. Yeah, it's 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 it fits with Bobby because Bobby wants to be everybody's friend. He wants to see people succeed. So yeah. 
yeah, it's a it's a really really well written reframe here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those those are my pros, man. What do you got for me? Um. I normally don't say this to kids, but if your friends are doing it, maybe you ought to do it too. Oh God. <laughs> I laughed through it. You know, I even felt bad writing that because I was like, you know, you're going to say that and you're going to make John mad. Nah, that's worth it. That's a great little line. (laughs) Bill making Bobby repitch the fun run. I just, you know, will you sponsor me? For what? Like, he's going to make him do that whole (laughs) deal again. That's great. I love that. That's, That's good Bill. That's Bill, like, weaponizing his lonely pantloness. It's amazing. Um, I used Ajax to knock off of work early last week. My boss was out. There was a Zoom meeting. I said I couldn't attend because my son had a track meet. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They don't fucking know any better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, John, the power I wield now is immense, and I hope it never is taken from me. Bobby's instant yes. gassing it. To like in the fun round, just like instant, like he's all ready for it, and then just immediately burns out. Great, Bobby. Whatever. I don't care how unathletic he is. Whatever. Not the boy Minotaur. Like, doesn't matter. Like that's hilarious. <laughs> but then followed up yes. to him explaining to Hank, it's a fun run, Dad. When I quit having fun, I quit running. That is, ooh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bobby led to Chain getting beat up. That's a pro. Good for Bobby. He fucked yes. Chain up inadvertently. So, like, not only is his karma clean, but, like, it's a little bit more readjusted to take out that Shank Chain Masana song. <laughs> hey, the Chain Train stops for the ladies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, Gregory, you tried to kill that early theory about Bill being Bobby's daddy. Reddit just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he did. Reddit is just completely unintelligent and doesn't know how to respond to anything. And quite frankly, based off of all the fucking tattoos of a bobby pin or the "Don't tread on me, Bobby," that's my purse. I don't know you that I see daily, or you know, hey, do you think that this theory that we talk about every other day is a theory? Boy, I'm just inclined to agree. That's right. I'm calling out the King of the Hill subreddit because boy, y'all suck. <laughs> Almost as bad. Almost. You know what? The King of the Hill subreddit sucks as bad as the wiki does. And quite frankly, I just blame the schools. King of the Hill subreddit, be better. We want to be your friends, but you're all very stupid. Realize I'm alienating a lot of our fan base here. I don't Eh. think so. If you guys are on the King of the Hill subreddit, let us know. I'm curious to see why all of you aren't posting better content. There is, it's like, it's very weird. We're going to diverge for just a second here. It is a very weird occurrence that happens probably once a week for me, where you and I have just talked about something and I see it get posted on the subreddit. And what, is, what does Johnny instinctively do when, when that happens? He goes right into the comments to see if anybody in there said, I just listened to dang old podcast talk about this. And never fucking once has it happened. I swear to God, there's an algorithm out to get us. Once again, I must ask you to stop reading my personal conspiracy theory journals. It's the beast, man. It's got to fucking be. I don't know. But it's also the same beast that every Monday periodically downloads us like 90 fresh ones for no reason, just out of nowhere. So I don't care. I, whatever that yes. beast is, it's doing a good job. Keep it up, beast. Starting up the fucking week, right? That's what's happened. <laughs> Johnny, what are your cons? 
Um, a progressive meal of any type sounds fucking awful. <laughs> Not the meal itself, but the action. Oh my god. Yes. Why would I want to involve even a moderate amount of exercise in with a meal and in walking back and forth? I don't like any of my neighbors well enough for that. No. No. You know, like I dude, I was very friendly with my dorm mates and I didn't like I wouldn't want to do that with them. And that was me at my like friendliest point in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awful. I I am so glad that that got cut because or that it was it was never it was probably never even a thing. It was just like a oh god, how awful would this be? <laughs> like you had mentioned earlier. No, so like oh. oh. Um I, I feel a little bit bad for Bobby because he just wants to fit in with the rest of these kids and he's taking any avenue that he can to get there. And it's not the best way to fit in with that crowd. Yeah. Um, I I don't appreciate the fact that he has to share a letter jacket and be on a, a team with Jane, who every single time we see him makes some joke about Booby Hill mm-hmm. and is just the worst fucking kid in the world. And this episode is leading you to believe that they could actually be friends. And you know, in reality, that would never fucking happen. Yeah. Um, And my, my final con here, it's not a con that it was addressed. It's just a con for how it made me feel. Bill asking Peggy about their child and them lingering on Peggy just like groaning and squirming and him finally going, I'd still love him. And then they cut the shot. God, it is so cringy and hard to watch. Oh, I loved it. I loved it because Bill's trying to make a joke and he's just holding the joke for too long. And Peggy's like, oh, my God, stop making me think about this. Like, yes. And it's like I said, it's a con for me because it made me feel so icky inside. Okay. It lasted way too long. It's the same reason you and I have different favorite characters in Letterkenny because I can't handle that that sort of like cringe and uncomfortableness for very long. And I think you can. Yeah. You like Katie a lot better than I do. And I think I like the skids a lot better than you do. Oh, you yes. Because yep. I don't like the skids at all. Listeners, well, no, Kenny, like, is that what Johnny and I should do after King of the Hill? Let us is know. It, Community is off the table. I sweeping proclamation. I've watched it too much to be objective about it. It's it's true. Um, I I do like Rolf. That's who it is, right? No, Rolled. Rolled. Not the game Rolf. One. Rolled. Yes, yeah. I like Rolled, but I like Rolled because he reminds me of of my one of my friend's wives. He looks exactly like her. It's really weird. Short and balding, but still hairy. Like, same bug eyes, same skin tone. <laughs> yeah, it's really mean for me to say that, because he is not an attractive-looking human. I No, you know what? I take down Rold. Not gonna lie. Like, later season, Rold? <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Starting with Valentine's episode. Rold in his little overalls? Stuart. Yeah. Dude, line me up. Let's go. I'm in. Anyway, those are my cons, buddy. What do you got for me? Um, Cons, here we go. Carl Moss is in better shape than me. He finishes the fun run. I don't think I could run a 5K. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, um, I've been working out I a lot more I lately. Um, I have been trying to run intermittently, and I am down to about, oh, I'd say 600 yards before I just want to fucking die. Okay. Um, Man, working in an office all day has really killed me. Um, Con, yeah. Peggy isn't saving those crumbs. <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed the crumbs too. <laughs> oh, how could I? Also, how I, much? Good. How much? How much fucking toast does that family make? Well, she made enough for a whole breakfast, so. It's true. 
think we calculated that once, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, um, there's never a good reason to leave the house wearing sweatpants. I don't care. There's never a good reason. Um, no, no. He's like, he's wearing sweatpants for a good reason. Never a good reason. Your legs don't need to be insulated. Like your shins don't know if they're cold or not. Guys, shorts are, don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) while I appreciate the coach's motivations and even kind of agree with them up to a point because he does do it. He does do it. And, if he's not hurting Bobby, then he's fine. You know, like, so long as nobody is being yeah. hurt, hurt or exploited, cool. But, like, he's still kind of, like, he doesn't care that he's using Bobby. He doesn't look at Bobby as a person. He looks at Bobby as a tool, and that's where I draw the con. Yeah. He's a mean. He's a means to an end, and I don't like that. Yes. Yeah, I don't care for that. Um, Phil Hendry is the track announcer. It's not Johnny Hardwick. Yes. Dale's already in this episode. Bring back Johnny Hardwick announcer. I, I'm yes. sure. Yes. Th- exactly. My wife is Polynesian. Yes. Like, <sighs> I just miss him. I don't know. Um, You got a favorite <laughs> moment, buddy? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, shit. I have a, a, a maybe moment here, and my maybe is f- that... Oh my God! What is? Oh, um, I usually reserve this for Lane Prattley, but that horse's ass chain Wasana song and his like flexing with the shot put. Oh yeah, I'm already. God, that hot. is such that is such a 13 year old like jock thing to do, where he thinks he's hot shit. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, just because it's very accurate, and I saw a lot of kids do shit like that when I was in school. That might be it, but I didn't see anything that really stuck out to me in this episode. What about you? Um, again, I feel real bad about it, but it's Carl Moss's. I shouldn't encourage this. Again, I wrote this as an email. Or I wrote this and it didn't save the formatting, so it should have been a favorite moment. But it was my first pro. I'm sorry. Um, but there's also there's also um, uh, 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 at the award ceremony when they're all chanting "stick." That's a really good moment, and I like it a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah, I really, really like this episode. Yeah, there's, there wasn't a lot of standouts to this, but that's not a sign of a bad episode. It's a sign of one that I I just genuinely, like, kind of went through and watched. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, so much happens. And, like, you know what? This is weird to me because, like, we have our ones, like, um, firefighting or, like, order the straight arrow. We're, like, we should almost go back and watch them because I think the only notes we give are, man, I really like this one and I just sat and watched it. Like, um, yeah. But with this one, I don't, it's kind of what you were saying. I don't remember it. And so then as I was watching, I was like, son of a bitch, I'm kind of, I'm really kind of into this. Like, I like the setup. I like how, I just like all of, I don't know. I, sorry, I'm rambling, but no, it's, you're good. it's good. You're, a lot happens. Good. It gets taken care of. It's wrapped up. It's concise. Like, it's a good sitcom episode where nothing happens, nothing changes, no stakes. And I'm okay with it. We're season nine. We're already in sitcom. We're done it's doing original shit. It's a fun story shit. for like, Bobby. Yeah. And it's a W for Bobby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, are we to our rating system then, buddy, or do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think we are to our rating system. You want to break that down? I certainly do. So at the very bottom of our patented rating system here, we've got our charcoal. 
charcoal episode is uh it's a failure of an episode um it is as dirty as the soot underneath your boy's fingernails charcoal episode does not represent king of the hill very well you're gonna watch it once maybe on your initial play uh, go through but you're gonna skip it every single time after that because it's just a bad episode after that you got a megalo and it's not much better but we'll say it's kind of like a bronze medal if you will it's got a little bit more cohesion to it it represents the characters a little bit better maybe it's got a fun guest star something like that but a megalo is really nothing to shake a stick at you're not going to seek it out um it's just kind of there after that you got a butane and this is like our middle of the road silver it's a bastard of an episode because you love to hate it and you hate to love it a butane episode is usually like 50 50 you've got something real good on one side and then you got something that just kind of tanks on the other maybe it's a really good guest star that's put in a really bad position you know something like that like brendan um, fraser in peggy makes the big leagues exactly so like a butane episode is nothing really to write home about you're not going to seek it out but you probably won't turn it off if it's on it's just something that's going to play in the background it's noise at that point after that you got your cream of the crop your a rank your char king episode a char king is everything that is good great and grand about king of the hill um you're gonna have great characters you're gonna have a fun guest star you're gonna have a unique way of turning a sitcom trope into something that you haven't seen before if mark and i come together and both agree that an episode's a char king it becomes an imperial imperials are they're rare and they're fantastic and the only thing that sets them apart from their very best episodes of king of the hill is that you need a little bit of context to really fully appreciate the episode so our go-to for this one is usually dale tech yeah no the exterminator. Dale. No, the exterminator. You always call it the, Dale God, Tech. I, you I always, always do, call it always Dale do, guys. Tech. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to do it for another four seasons. It's going to be great. I hope so. Um, the exterminator is a great Dale episode, but it's even better when you realize just how loony Dale was before the episode. Uh, also, it helps if you've watched Office Space. After that, you've got the Blue Flame of Valor, and these are our S-rank episodes. These are the cream of the crop, not just Best King of the Hill, but some of the best episodes of TV. These are the episodes you show to people who have never watched a single episode of King of the Hill in their life. And you say, hey, I want you to come check this out. I really love it. I talk about it every week for at least two hours. The Blue Flame of Valor is, uh, it's the pinnacle. So it's the absolute best of an episode you can get here. With that being said, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the Blue Flame of Valor, what do you give Bobby on track? I don't know. Because quite okay. honestly... Okay. Okay. So this can't be a blue. Okay. I really went back and forth. I watched this one twice, if I'm being honest, and it still doesn't. I Interesting. Still I wanted to make sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I watched it twice, and I still don't know. Um, I really enjoyed it both times. There's a really great use of characters. Um, I like the setup, and then the takeaway of the B plot that doesn't get to happen, and then we don't have to slog through that. You know, this isn't like I'm gonna take Bobby fishing in a river so he doesn't hear about competitive eating. Like, it's not that. Um. I already talked about how many okay. reversals of expectation there are. It, just all of it. It's up to the ending. It's really good. Um, you kind of really solidified my own feelings about it when you're talking about some of the ending stuff. And, like, I was really surprised that I don't remember this episode, like, at all and or fondly. But so, to that end, I'm just not sure. I think it's the Char King. But I I don't know. I will put it on again. I will watch it again. Um, I might show it to people. Like... Okay. I don't know. I'm going to say Char King. Just tentative. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. It's Char King. Char King with a tentative rewatch out of me. Like, when we come to the end of the I series, I will, um, re this will be on my list that I have to rewatch and report back on. 
I absolutely love it. Well, um, this happens, I feel like, maybe once a season for me, maybe once every other season, because uh, it doesn't happen all that often, but it, it it's becoming more more current. Um, and lately, it's actually been on the downtrend, so it's kind of cool to see this on the uptrend. I gave this a rating, and it's actually improved since talking with you. Oh, shit. So, yeah. Because I, you know, I sat down, I watched it, I enjoyed moments of this. I At first, I, I originally gave this a butane. Okay. It was a butane for me. And it was because it was like, all right, this feels very middle of the road. It's There's nothing super special about this premise, yada, yada, yada. But in talking with you about all of the all of the, the changes and the twists that happen and how, you know, th- like this, this episode deals with a lot of in-between gray area of stuff. You want to be happy for Bobby, but you also don't want to support this asshole of a coach. You understand that Hank wants to help him, but you also kind of want Hank to step aside and let Bobby figure his own shit out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much choice and, and decision that they got to play with in this, and they I really feel like they just hit everything right to make this such a good, cohesive story, and I didn't realize that until talking with you about it. Oh, damn. And okay. really kind of breaking this down. And I don't think anything that, that I can speak of like that ranks as a butane. Like, I think I'd be... I would be sullying every other review that I have made on 184 previous episodes of King of the Hill if I didn't objectively look at this and go, nope, it's better than what you originally just fucking wrote down. Because my last line in my notes here, it says, this is what I've come to expect from season nine. And that's wrong because this is better. Woo! This is not the average of season nine. So instead of a butane, I'm giving it a Char King. So we got an Imperial. Holy shit. Hey, yeah, this we, is our we got first Imperial. Imperial of the season. Yeah, yeah, this is probably wow. this is what our highest rated episode of nine so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would go so far as to say the season because like we're not gonna. Yeah, because we both. What I gave Gone. I didn't write my rating for Gone with the Windstorm. Damn it! But I know we didn't give it an Imperial. Like, no, we didn't. We didn't. Wow. I think I gave it a butane. Yeah, I think I might have given them. I'm not sure what I gave it, but it doesn't matter. I shit. I just know it wasn't a two tank because I didn't get to use the sound effect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I worked so hard on that sound effect. I know. I I added some explosions to it. I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, cool! Like I I think it's really cool that we're we're hitting a Char King in season nine. This is not what I expected. No, I honestly expected to Char King the next episode here, but that's that's my own bullshit. <laughs> so you guys are gonna get to hear that in about five minutes time. It's gonna be great. Well, I mean, we we might as well, right? We're already here. I I say we jump right on over to it, man. Let's do her, buddy. This is episode one hundred eighty-six. It ain't over till the fat neighbor sings. Original air date, May 15th, 2005, written by Eaton Cohen. Mark, he is our, uh, what would you say, Harvey Dent? Our most inconsistent. You become <laughs> the villain. But he actually redeems himself. Because Eaton yeah. Cohen, well, okay, so, you know, he has given us Returning Japanese, The Father, The Son, The JC, Vision Quest, and most recently, Redcorn Gambles on his future, right? Yeah. I think we can all agree that those are some real hit or misses. Um, but he also gave us Idiocracy and Tropic Thunder. So as far as I'm concerned, Eaton Cohen can crash on my couch whenever he goddamn needs to. <laughs> all is forgiven for Tropic Thunder. Like that mm-hmm. that over that cashes so many checks you have no idea. <laughs> but my point is I never know how to feel about 
what do we figure out? Eight. It's Aton, right? It's Aton going. Yes. I don't know if it is or not. No one corrected me, and I don't know. And I'm not about to hit up a gentleman on Twitter to ask him how to say his name. Either way, I just we yeah. both love and hate him. It is Harvey. Dent. No, you know what? It's Two Face because there's the half that's really good, and then there's the half that isn't so good. Okay, I'll go yeah. with it. Okay. Well, his cast of characters for this episode: Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Captain Hart, Karen Stroop, Luann Platter in a non-speaking role. Chris, Joe, and Otto. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, Mark, our synopsis. Yes. Bill almost loses his job after joining a men's chorus. Oh, boy. A story characters, Bill, Hank, Dale, and Boomhauer. B story is Bobby and Peggy. It's a dumb freaking B story. I'm going to get my retro rage <laughs> out of the way right now. Nobody knows or cares or even gives two shits about Pong in 2023. It needs to die and go away, and I don't care about its place in video game history. It was crappy. Anyway, there's a little bit of a rant for you. Mark. It's been a minute, and I was glad to have it, so not at all. Let's say we get into some notes here. <laughs> Let's do her. Um, Cowbell is marking the swan song of season I nine. Am. That's right, kids. This is our last episode of season nine. Wow. Holy shit. That just went. I, We're into double-digit seasons, buddy. I, um, Next week is double-digit seasons. I, yeah, dude. I Now, it, I will say that season nine in and of itself is shorter. It's only 15 episodes. Okay, Remember, this did feel shorter. Big okay. gaps. We had those big gaps. Um, we had a whole month in between our premiere and the next episode, and then we had another month in between that and our first episode of the new year. And then we've been consistent ever since then, but I feel like we lost eight episodes somewhere in that, which would give us, what, 23? Yeah. If we had added them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We started season nine on um it would have been we recorded on april uh or it dropped april 7th so right yeah today is what the 24th of may so that's that's not a lot of episodes i don't know i don't know just you're you're right or or it did seem quick but i guess you're right that we did miss out on a lot it also jumps around a lot because like lucky showed up what once twice yeah taking care of business and then that was chip off the line too, right? It was care taking care of business? It was, yeah. Uh, so I almost, I was almost gonna say that this could have been a, a, like a reaction from the writers' strike, but that wasn't like the last time they had one of those was two thousand and seven. That was the big one that like, it yeah, it killed um, heroes and a bunch of other shows and shit like that. It disrupted so was society, like, yeah. It it did, and I, so I almost thought that 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 was this because I was like, I remember that happening sometime in high school, and I was in high school in two thousand and five. Maybe that's what fucked this up, but. No such luck. Time jumps too, man. The animation's weird. Like, I just, I yeah. don't know. And again, again, there's two timelines of King of the Hill and get fucked with your, get fucked with the little Reddit post. This was on the last episode. Shut up. Just, <laughs> you know. It, Our King okay, of the Hill, we are mind. not dealing with your shit this week. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when a creator is making a joke and know when he's, like, making a legitimate theory. And he's usually making a joke when he goes, Hank, on one dark rainy night, I, me and Peggy shared a tender moment. And also, Bill, it was all an elaborate dream. Fuck you on both <laughs> counts. 
Y'all ought to know better. I just... I blame the schools. I blame the schools. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is your favorite episode, Johnny, because you talk about it all the fucking time. I, I really do. Guys, I fucking you love this episode. You quote 12-headed jacket. If I had a fucking nickel, man, like... <laughs> You'd have about 20 bucks by now. I, I reckon, yeah. Like, And I'm not hating. I'm just saying, like, I have no more burnt hands. You have this episode. Like, <laughs> it's what gets us through the day. I wake up and go, no more burnt hands, Hank. And that's how I, like, that's my, like, affirmation. You wake up and go, ba 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 Like. <laughs> yep. Dude, yep. it's it's how I it's how I do my vocal warm ups before we we do this every single time. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so this is just a side question. I don't really know. Um, last time we really saw it. So last time we saw Luann with a job, I'm pretty sure was in um, um, uh, my hair lady, right? Yes, her actually working a job and not a side hustle like roller derby. Right, like actually working. I don't know what she's doing. Nobody knows what she's doing. Arlen City Bomber, like Lucky was in Arlen City Bomber, so there's two. There's two episodes that Lucky and Luann were in together establishing Lucky's presence, but like he's not around at all. And I guess yeah. what's he going to contribute to a men's choir? But So Luann is just not there. And last I saw, she was working at Jack's, I guess not anymore. But also I thought Bill was too. And we're just starting off this episode with Bill going, don't you love how I cut your hair? And it, it, it's it's Bill again needing that creative outlet. He's no longer yeah. pant load Bill. He's like ennui load Bill. What, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just not happy. He's not getting what he needs from work anymore, being a mindless barber, now that he stays with the sweet, sweet forbidden fruit that was Bido. But, so here we are back at this point, and all that is to say, like, what's going on with Jax? Isn't he still there? I don't know, but that's what I was thinking about instead of watching this episode, what's happening with Jax. That should let you know where I'm at. Um, Is this the one where Bill and Stroop smash? No, it's not, but we are planting those horny seeds yes. in her garden to let it yeah. grow. Oh, baby. That's not for oh, another baby. two seasons. Yeah, I was shocked to see that because I went and looked for it. And I was like, wow, they yep. buried this lead. Um, Johnny, I, I well, number one, I want to say thank you. You and I have been doing this for a very long time consistently. Like, we took a break last year when you moved to Germany and, you know, but at the we same did. time, like, we never missed a day. Um, yeah. In almost two we, years of podcasting, we haven't missed a week, and I appreciate that. But I also yeah. appreciate your lady because she's never come up to you and said, like, hey, you know, there's more important things than the podcast, or I need to talk to you about this. And you're like, no, I got to go podcast. And I've never had to ask you to just edit the parts of your life out that we don't need. Yeah. I don't need you to mute your schoolwork. I don't need you to cut out your lady. You just, <laughs> you're just here anyway, buddy. <laughs> 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 there's not a little voice in your head saying there's more important things uh dale is continuing to blog he's evolving like the, there was the gribble report he has continued to do it this is 2005 dale is probably about to kill it on he's a i think he's already killing it on myspace i'm pretty damn sure and he's about to crush it on tumblr in like two years it's, so he's in his 4chan stage i bet you that's where his blog is no i bet he's on angel fire Oh God! Okay, okay. Or um, what is it? Crystal Links. I don't think I know that one, but it's probably a good thing that I don't. I spend, I occupy different circles of the internet than you do, buddy. I stare yes. into the void, so you don't have to. Um, yes. Luann, she's here. She's not here. I don't know. 
And then also, as a general note, fuck Pong. But then I got to thinking about how many episodes of TV deal with Pong. And, like, they all talk about it, you know? But nobody talks about it recently because it is so bygone. But everybody talked about it in the 90s, if that makes sense. And I think that was that nostalgia hit of, hey, parents, this was 20 years ago when you were a kid. Remember this? Like, And me and her. I can't talk shit. Listeners, I just dropped... Two Wizards just did it like two hours on fucking Nintendo 64, so <laughs> cash in the nostalgia shekels whenever you can and as often as you can. Johnny, give me your notes, buddy. Hey, it, to be honest here, I'm pretty sure that Pong was as far away from from where we were when the N64 debuted as the N64 is now, so you're fine. Right. Yeah, you're I think good. that's about right. Um... You already hit my first one here because we're in the same brain and we love to call out the same shit sometimes. Cowbell for the end of the season. I love hearing that. uh, Cowbell! (laughs) Ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. I honestly don't remember the last time we saw Stroop. So I was curious if you had even even an episode name or a season number for me because I feel like it's been two or three seasons at this point. As far as I knew, Stroop had gone back to Michigan to, like, tell yeah. your ailing father or something. I yeah. don't know. Um, I almost Mrs. Like... No, wait. I was going to say, maybe she shows up in Mrs. Wakefield, right? She might. I'm just looking through the last couple know. seasons. No, I don't think she does show up in Miss Wakefield. Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. It's so, yeah, like, I don't even know. Racist Dog, Season 7, Episode 20 is the last time I remember seeing. Okay, yeah, so we went a whole two seasons without her. Racism training dolls with Kiki. Um, Come on, Kiki. I got a kitty cat. (laughs) Um, Fuck that episode. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was over two full seasons then, if that's the case, because we're at the end of nine. Yeah, yeah. And so we did all of yeah. eight and all of nine. So, wow. Um, and then my last one here. This is this is going to be a big one for you, and I want you to applaud me here because I did some research watching this episode today. Oh boy! Okay. The songs that are sung by the Harmonaholics are as follows. Oh shit! All right, here we go. The first one, When I Fall in Love by Gordon Jenkins. They do a rendition of Singing in the Rain by Gene Kelly. Happy Together by The Turtles. A Happy Days medley where some jackass just comes out after they all say A and imitates a, a motorcycle. Just goes, <laughs> and the last one that I saw was When I Fall in Love by Nat King Cole. Those were the ones that I, I could find... And that I could notice. And that goes all the way back to uh, when I fall in love is the one that Bill originally hears them when he is flirting with Stroop or when Stroop is flirting with him. So, yeah, I, I was, I, I was straining was my ears. Ups, right? It, or... No, well, maybe I was straining I my remember, ears to catch yeah. lyric. That's what it was. Um, so those are the ones that I could catch that had lyrics with them. Um, hey, hey, you I hear this? Yeah. Is that golf clap? Am I getting a no, clap No, that's me here? masturbating. Oh, okay. Kidding. That's a golf clap, buddy. Well done. Uh, um, and my last one here, <laughs> why do you and I not have special podcasting underwear that we wear? Uh? 
I'm really mad that you wrote that because that was my first con. <laughs> um, <laughs> that we don't or that that's a thing? That we don't have them. But then my follow-up to that was I always wear gym shorts when we record and I never wear yes. underwear with my gym shorts. So, Yeah, okay. I reckon those are my special podcast underwear or my gym shorts. Fair enough. I love it. I, I just, I wear normal shits, I guess. <laughs> I always use the same headphones. That, does that count? No. That doesn't, yeah, sure. That's, no, that's it doesn't lame. count at all. But I'll find myself some, some a, a special official podcasty thing that I can wear from here on out, okay? It's going to summon all the good juju here. Mark, give me some pros. Some pros. Uh, Stroop is horny and I am here for it. I just, I like it. Better not go up on a ladder and she like lifts up her skirt. Oh, I <laughs> I just I love it. It's so cute. It's just so innocent. I don't know why she wants to take down Bill so badly, but I, I'm here for that too. Like, um, that's I I just like it. It's great. Um, David Herman in general. Holy shit. So David is Herman he, he's is Chris. Huh? He's Chris, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh my god, it and you can tell, um, I, so when I find David Herman, I try and like parse out bits of David Herman and I got a lot of Gilbert in there. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of was like my indicator, like, okay, here we go. But man, he does an amazing job. Like when he's screaming at Bill on the bus, that's amazing. Um, you know, uh, uh um, what do we do? We tune it out. He's just. This is David Herman as a yeah. villain, and I don't think we get that a lot. Like, that's no. really cool. And he just really kills it this episode. I think it's great. The The song montage, um, you already pretty much hit it, but just in general, I like it. And then following up to the show, and just all the dumb little bits, and it's just the cringiest goddamn thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, so Johnny Hardwick with Dale's breakdown versus David Herman as David Herman this episode. Who's better? Who who kills it better? Um, oh. why you got to put me on the spot like that? That's rough. Um, because <laughs> they're both they're both great for their own reasons. For pure unadulterated rage, it's going to it's going to go to David Herman. But for creativity, it's going to Johnny Hardwick because. He genuinely sells it and makes me believe that he is out of breath after insulting Bill as hard as he does. Like that it physically took a toll on him. Okay. So, that, I don't know, does that answer your question? I almost just like fucking ran around on you there. No, you're good, because I don't really know the answer. They're both amazing performances, and I know it's really cruel to like make two titans fight each other for my own entertainment, but that's what I'm doing. Um, I, that's what I got. Yeah. Those are my, those are my pros. Okay. Um, so my first one here is I love it when a show calls back to a moment in its history, especially an important moment in its history. And a big one to me is Hank calling back to pretty, pretty dresses. When he says the last time I saw this, I had to spend my entire Christmas keeping him from killing himself. And I went, holy shit, okay, you're recognizing this, that Bill has been down this this road and that you need to keep an eye out for him. I, well, you already know my opinion on Pretty Pretty Dresses. It's one of the best fucking episodes in this entire series. Um, it just made me really happy to hear Hank call that back out. Okay. You already hit that Chris was David Herman. I just wrote it as a note in here that Chris has to be David Herman. Like, that I couldn't hear anybody else. Yeah. Um, 
God, this is such a good fit for Bill for an activity. When you think about it, he is around a bunch of other dudes, so he's not going to get weird and horny all the time. So mm-hmm. he's going to be able to stay focused. Um, he's not doing anything super physical, and yet he is still like up and around, and he's getting some kind of exercise. So you know that's going to be good for him. He gets to express himself in his own artistic way, and it's it. But once again, it's he doesn't have to go out on a limb by himself doing it all. So if he fails, at least he's failing with like eight other no eleven other because it's a twelve headed jackass eleven <laughs> other men, like. This is such a good fit for him for a hobby. I just wish, like, I obviously for episode's sake, he can't stay in this. Um, it yeah. needs to be a one-off, and Chris has to be an asshole about everything and just practically bankrupt the poor bastard. But, God, it just, there it hits so many good things. Bill likes to be happy, and this makes him happy. I love that he basically just... He cock blocks himself. He totally could have gotten Stroop Strange two seasons early if he hadn't gone with that. <laughs> yes. Feel free to use that. Stroop Strange whenever you guys want. So oh, it's just so good. Um, when they're at the PBS telethon, I was just kind of watching and observing and everything else. And at one point, one of the members of the Harmonaholics crosses across a doorway as Hank is walking in. And I shit you not, if it did not look exactly like William Murderface, I (laughs) have never wanted another person from another animated series to join into King of the Hill for one scene more than Murderface in the Harmonaholics. You tell me that's not the, like the best fucking twist ever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Hank's speech to the leader of the Harmonaholic Holics fan club. Holy shit! Is that mean, <laughs> brutal, and so deserved? Oh yeah. man! It is a speech that I want to make to so many people I see on the internet. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to let your freak flag fly, but. God, please use some discretion. Not everybody wants to hear about it all the time. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's more just read the room, you know? That's exactly what it is. I'm not trying to tell you don't enjoy it. I'm not trying to tell you to not be proud. I'm just saying, like you said, read the room. Um, And to me, that's what Hank's speech is basically saying. You have wasted your life. You need to go and do something else. Go start a stamp collection. Here's the postmaster. Here's his card. Because Hank, of course, has the postmaster general's card in his pocket. Good I 1,000% believe that Hank has the postmaster general. Yes. I, that is one that I will buy into. Like, just in case anyone ever had, like, a postage problem, there's goddamn Hank Rutherford Hill. I can assist you, man. Like, I, it's there. I yeah. believe it. Yeah. 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 And my last pro here is something that you and I have been consistently calling out for two seasons now as a, as a con, as something negative, but it's going to turn into a positive here because I love how weird it is. And I love that I can immediately identify Mike judge and his own voice for it. The guy in PBS saying you can only get these things. They're only, they're brought to you by viewers like you and McDonald's home of the McGriddle. His, Mike Judge hawking McDonald's on King of the Hill is the funniest fucking thing to me, but it's it's the way he says, home of the McGriddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I, dude, it kills me. It was great. And, you know, I didn't even get mad at it because, like, 
I kind of, okay, so like, yeah, we I get mad at them like shilling new restaurants, but with this one at least, it kind of felt like at least natural. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, it's also, and it's part of the joke too. Nobody pays for PBS. They always make those pledge drives. It happens, like it's a, it's a, a perpetual pledge drive. And so, yeah, of course, well, they send in order you to those shitty sh- mugs that chip and like cut your lip. Exactly. Um, and so it, it absolutely makes sense in a fucked up world that, of course, they're going to get McDonald's to be their, their corporate shill. The mm-hmm. home of the McGriddle. <laughs> so good. Those are my pros. Give me give me cons if you got any, man. Just sec. Just sec. I want to see something. Sorry. I want to see if McDonald's yeah. actually sponsored PBS. I want to see if this is a thing. I don't think it is. No, just a lot of depressing shit about how PBS is talking about McDonald's killing America. Okay, cool. Um, Jesus. Cons, here we go. McDonald's is killing America. Con, you and I don't have special podcast recording undies, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That bus audition is the cringiest goddamn thing I have ever seen. Oh, his audition? Yes. Oh, God. Lights! Just God, I hate when people think they're important. I ugh. smiles. Yeah, I. Ugh. Um, I'm starting to, and this is as I'm watching the episode. I'm writing my notes, so this is my stream of consciousness. I'm starting to remember this episode. Dot dot dot. I also blame this episode for the spawn of Glee on Fox, but that came out 2009. <laughs> Don't worry, I checked. So maybe not, but I still blame it. Con, silk underpants in general. That's gross. I just, I don't know. I <laughs> don't make my balls feel slippery. I don't need that. No, thank you. <laughs> they do that enough on their own. Yes. Yes. I don't need the extra. Ugh, no, thank you. Uh, Bill's, the, the Bill show is the second cringiest thing I've ever seen. But God damn it, if I don't love the guy's reactions, man. Yes. There's the bit, like, I know we're in cons here, but, like, the whole show sucks. It's awful. I hate it. But, boy, that whole scene is a pro for me. Um, It's just so uncomfortable, and, like, you can feel it, and you've been to one of those. I know you've been to a couple of those because you're a theater major. Like, Ooh, I know we've both yeah. been to a couple of those. Like, <laughs> Mark, you're, you're looking at a lot of, of what my high school was because I quadruple lettered in choir. Oh, Jesus, buddy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if I've I ever four brought years that up band, here, so. but... I, I, my quadruple letter in choir and my, my love of vocalism and everything else. And the fact that my younger brother also did choir and went to all state. Yeah. This, this episode hits real hard on a personal level. That's probably why I love it as much as I do because it's very eerily accurate. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guys have your hobbies. Don't let me tell you what to do. Please don't <laughs> think I'm coming after you. But Unless also, you're Johnny, and then Mark's going to make fun of you. Stupid. No, no, if Glee clubs are fucking stupid. Nobody wants to hear you fucking acapella remix bad music to begin with. Nobody cares. Re- re- you are re- the cupcakes remix. of musical theater is Glee clubs. Hey, Tiny Dancer. Okay. Okay, sorry, you said we weren't doing community, right? Well, Tina Turner just died. No, she didn't do Tiny Dancer, so we're good. We're good. Never mind. No, <laughs> but she did Tina Turner back the clocks, Mark. Oh, Nicholas, now Tina Turner. I thought you died 20 years ago with Michael Jackson. I was amazed no. to see that she had fucking died today. I thought she died back in like 2008. I don't know. No, um, you're thinking of, of what's her face that they just had a movie come out about her on Netflix. Whitney Houston? 
That's the one. Yep. Cause she did die like 20 years ago. It feels like. Yeah. But like, I, th- I also thought that Whitney Houston died like six times. No, she died, died. And then like a year later, her kid died, but her kid also kept like getting into a lot of shit and like, Oh, that yeah. was a really fucked up deal. I'm not making light. I just, I okay, guess I'm always surprised when celebrities die. You know what I mean? Yes. What? I no, it's like Hollywood Babylon. <laughs> And now another edition of Tinseltown Stiffs. Hey, Kevin Smith, we do listen. They, they will be missed. They will be missed. Phil Lamar gets a big bucket of win in this, but it's also a bad bucket of win because he is a... He's Phil Lamar voicing a white groupie and that... I'm sorry, it's a very black voice on a very white man. And if you don't watch it, it's cool. And then you look at it and it is weird as shit. But that's my next follow-up. So remember Michael Clark Duncan's character from Sun Also Roses? Yes. Let's just import that body model. I would love to see some colossal, like, African-American tank of a man, 8 foot 20, weighing 600 pounds, killing for fun, like is the biggest groupie for the Harmonaholics. That would be okay. hilarious. And then Phil Lamar could do his like Barbados Slim voice and just it'd be amazing. I want that <laughs> more than I want Phil Lamar being an awkward skinny. It's just weird. Like um, it almost sounds like Dwight from Futurama Hermes Boy. But like, yeah. It's like, I know what Dwight Conrad looks like, and this is the voice coming out of him. That's not the body. I'm just saying, it's a con for me. I just wish that we would have gotten a different uh, character model. Um, This is the first time we've seen Luann since Kara taking care of business, and she doesn't have any goddamn lines. She's just sitting there like a fucking catfish. Like... Yeah, just staring. And then I wrote dot, 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 Luann equals cat fisted. (laughs) Dale's raid should have lasted longer than it did. Okay. I just, I'm sorry. He gasses out too quick. He's been saving this for so long. Like, okay, so um, I'm not trying to draw, like, false parallels here, but do you know the episode of American Dad where Roger stops being bitchy to, like, help his, like, relationship with the family and turns yes, out that and Roger it, it, needs to be it bitchy. actually kills Otherwise him. it kills him. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So he has Steve do a little bit of, like, background dancing for him for, like, three seconds and he goes, okay, I've got what I need. And then he proceeds to rail on Steve and they use the orchid behind him to, like, resurrect as, like, the metaphor for Roger. And that's such a cool scene. And I couldn't watch this episode without being reminded of that scene and enjoying it better than this scene. It's a good Dale takedown. Don't get me wrong. But, like... It just, it just runs out so fast. I we could have given him another like minute maybe, and it would have been better. It would have been more fun to watch the mania of Dale grow. As like, we've watched Dale rant. We see Dale rant. We know that Dale can go crazy on a topic. We just right. kind of were shortchanged a Dale rant. In and I'm sure it was you know in the interest of time or whatever. Maybe we could have cut out the Luann watching Bobby and Peggy play pong. Who can say? I just maybe the whole damn B plot. Let's talk about the B-plot. Why don't you like it? Other than the retro reference rage of Pong. Um, because it's unnecessary. It doesn't forward anything, and it's an excuse to put Peggy and Bobby in the episode because you're afraid to do an episode of King of the Hill without all three members of the Hills. We just did an episode with no B-plot. We got to stack our B and A plots, right? No, I, I, I guess, but it's like, like I said, it doesn't. But that's a good no B-plot. The B-plot shouldn't but... further the episode. Otherwise, it becomes an A sub one plot. Like, Okay. We can have a good B plot and like exist in an episode. It doesn't, it shouldn't further the plot. If anything, the B line should either tie into the end or it should be completely independent. 
Okay. Chip on the Line was a good B-plot. It was a shitty episode, but, like, that's a good B-plot, you know? It, it didn't further the episode. Nothing really happened, but it was a moment between two characters, and it broke up the action. Like, that should be a good B-plot. That's what this episode does. Because what else are you going to... Co- so, okay, so I guess... Okay, so... Okay, so you are... Okay, so you are Aton Cohen. How do you... What do you do? What are you going to... If you don't like this B-plot, how are you fixing it? Are you cutting it all rid together? Of it. Yeah. Okay, then what are you putting back in for about, I'd say, what, four or five minutes of runtime? For one-fifth of the episode, what are you putting in? Because it can't be more Bill Choir shit. It can't be more Bill blowing off the army. Like, boy, I really don't want to see anything happen at Strickland. Like... You gotta break up this plot somehow. I just don't know how you do it better. That's why I'm kind of like not defensive of the B plot, but no, I understand that. I think um, you can. I think what I would do with it is I would explore what holding back all of his rage and insults is doing to Dale. Okay, I think so you Dale can would find something plot. fun. Yeah, or Dale so, would so be, be the B Dale plot. Dale is well, a he, sub one. I guess. Yeah, he's a sub one, and it's like you know you could see, you could see him like you could have. Two or three little vignettes of him steadily descending into madness, which lead up to his blow up. And then you give him an extra 30 to 45 seconds on the blow up because now you've built up to it. You spend all episode building up to it because Hank keeps keeps crushing it, keeps like taking the piss out of Dale every time he gets ready to do something. Okay. Okay. So, I, that, I mean, that's that's my, like, initial reaction of how I would fix that. Because you're right. There really is no other place that's appropriate for them to explore um, short of why in the hell did I get Khan making some comment about Bill in the alley wearing his sequin shirt? What's he going to say? I, he's going to call him like a sequined redneck. He's going to come up with something fucking fantastic. It's Khan. Yeah. He's the king of zingers. Ah, that go disco ball redneck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, see, I'm selling you on it already. All you had, all no, you had you're not. Was... I'm no, I'm in my own <laughs> mind. I'm writing a subplot where men sees this shiny red sequin shirt and, unwittingly has like a sex flashback to Khan's shiny red shirt and cherry red moped and pompadour and like, but she transports it. That'd be cool. Okay. So if we're going like full on B plot, that doesn't affect anything at all. Yeah. Min starts having like, um, Suge Knight dreams about bill. Okay. We saved it. I'm in (laughs) either that or she, she sees the shirt and says, Khan, you need to go and steal that. And then we get a Khan breaks into bill's house episode to wear one of his massive shirts. Con, are you wearing my shirt? shirt, (laughs) See, there's a million other places to go than fucking Pong. Maybe, I don't know, but I kind of like the ending too of like, Hank, oh, you're still playing your game. Hank doesn't want to fucking play. The ending is fine. Hank doesn't want to play Pong. It wants nothing to do with this bullshit. Like, Hank doesn't like any video game. So he's just, well, all right, bye, and walks away, and yeah. I so part of my issue with the B plot is it's not believable and it's it's believable that Peggy would like enjoy and love playing Pong but Bobby has all sorts of video games the kid practically lives with his Game Boy if anybody who has played any video game other than Pong knows that Pong is the worst fucking video game in the world so he would not sit there and play with her no matter how competitive she got Bobby is smarter than that he'd get bored as fuck I think I also just sunk my own argument here, but this also this episode also takes place over what twenty eight days, right? He's got two weeks of sick leave and two weeks of PTO, and yeah. he burns through all two weeks. So, or so that'd be four weeks total. So there's no you're okay, okay. So right there, there you go. Yeah, there's no goddamn way that Peggy and Bobby are playing p- pong 
for an entire month. I Dude, the guy- love that new Harry Potter game, and I'm already bored with it. Like, and I'm only about, <laughs> I'd say, 30-something hours in, and I'm just to the point where, like, I'm not going to learn new spells. I'm out. I don't care how much I love it. I don't care how much I love my, like, golden treasure tor- treasure hoard of Nifflers. Like, no, no, it's just, yeah, I, you know? Dude, even the guy who created Pong was tired of it after 28 days. Yeah. I, I feel like we're I guess I like Pong the little really bit. I like the little bit that Peggy can be better. Okay, so so if nothing else. I don't know why we're spending so much time on the B plot, but here we are. Um uh, uh uh oh, Johnny, reborn um reborn again. That that's not what it's called. Reborn to be wild? There you are. Thank you. Reborn to be wild. Um we see Peggy and Bobby playing video games. Look at Moses dance. Um Yes. I'm glad we get a callback to them playing video games. I wish that it hadn't lasted so long. I guess yeah. is what I'm... Yeah, because you know what? You're right. And as I'm kind of like, yes, anding myself into this own madness. <laughs> no, it's a whole month of them just playing Pong. There's no goddamn way. Nobody... I I love Grounded, and I stopped playing it. You know, like it's... You can't do one thing for one whole month. You'll go crazy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Huh. Um, that's what I've got. Do we have favorite moments or are you just weird? I have, I have one con for you before we get to that. Oh, so um, I'm sorry. And okay. it's, no, it's, well, it, it, I had you jump in first is all. Um, and it's just that I find it hard to believe that the, it took the guys an entire month to figure out how deep, how, how far deep Bill was in. Yeah. You know, they should have known better, right? Like they first two really, weeks and then after two weeks, they should have known. After that first concert, they should have really reassessed of, okay, like how much of his life is really wrapped up into this? Because we all know that Bill his Bill is one person that loves to get his vices out. And like, this has now just become the next big thing that he's going to throw himself 100% into. What is this doing to the rest of it? I just, I, I can see Dale not giving a shit because he doesn't get to make fun of Bill. And I can see Boomhauer checking out because he does that a lot. But Hank is always the, the straight... And and Arrow, like, eh, I, that, that's my big con for this. It's not a huge one. It's just, like, you guys should have noticed this earlier. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite moments here, We, I mean, I've got two. It's, first one here is Bill scaling his yup, his yup, 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 yup. That's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious to me. And the, my other favorite moment is Dale's reactions all episode because he keeps getting shut down. Okay. So it's it's every time he just looks at Hank. But, but Hank, really? No, I, I told you no, Dale. Yeah, but yeah. like it's he's edging himself and it's hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> what about you, buddy? I'm glad I'm not the only gross one. That's a side pro for me here. Um, <laughs> number one, the guy's faces at the concert, they cut back and forth to him, and it is astounding. There's the bit where Dale's chewing on his hat. I, yeah. God damn. Literally, a caged animal in a trap will bite its leg off. That is what Dale is attempting to do. Like, I don't know uh-huh. how that correlates, but that is what he's doing. It's That is so amazing. That whole concert scene. I also, um, side, I guess, uh, uh what, what would you call this? Um, favorite moment side pro A. Bill is rocking, he kind of is almost rocking his, uh, Bill Dozer hair. Yeah. 
uh, and I can't see me loving nobody but you. And I just, that made me happy. It's like, oh, there he goes. Um, and so the guy's face is at the concert, and then um, Hank is talking to Boomhauer, and it's a throwaway line. I noticed a lot of those chorus guys had wives. <laughs> yep. That was really good. Like, I know it's kind of like a gay joke, and we're not allowed to make it, and it's kind of problematic, but fucking hey, that was a funny little joke there, like... Yeah, oh, wives. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't even gay. Maybe maybe that's me reading into this because I'm so used. To, I'm sorry, dude. Glee Club makes me think of one type of person, and it's always Kurt Hummel. If you understand my meaning, but like, yeah, yep. But like, maybe it's just Hank is amazed. Oh my god, they actually got married. But right, yeah. So either way, I love that little line. How about you, buddy? Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what I got, man. That's that's, that's it. What that's I got. let's, let's to... give her a rating. But but we're here, and you've been quoting this one for so long, and what do you give it? I have. <laughs> you've no, been I, so honestly, excited to get I, here. Like. I feel like I have said my two cents on this, and I have gotten to talk about how how wonderful, wonderful it is. My my big thing here, so I'm going to give you my rating. Okay. My rating for this is a Char King. It gets a Char King from me. I love this episode, and the main reason is because this is like the healthiest, other than Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies, this is about the healthiest habit that Bill has in this whole damn series. Like, it's such a good fit, and it should have worked for him, and it really shouldn't have taken up all of his sick time and everything else. That was unnecessary. He could have been a member of something like this without completely wrecking his, his like, just daily life. Well, no, um, no, he couldn't because you need the menace because there needs to be the conflict and why this is bad. Because this is effectively a cult. Like, Chris is a cult leader. Like... What do we do? He, we it tune is. it out. Like he's, you know, that like the no, it's it dressing the same. It's the like, hmm, it's the group I don't know. Thing I, kind of thing. I think that Mike Judge knew somebody who was in a cult, and now he writes a lot of episodes about cult behavior. It's it, like trying to like subtly red pill us into cult fear. I don't know. I see. I see the guys coming and supporting Bill doing something like this, and him going cool. I can do this maybe two times a year, maybe three times a year, and my buddies will still show up if I ask them to. Like, he's getting the support that he needs from everybody, but he can also keep it as his own thing. He can kind of, like, just do it. It's such a good fit for him, and it's a genuinely entertaining episode. Like, oh, it's so good. I also okay. really appreciate that the general, like, the big thing in the end with the, the general needing his haircut, it wasn't because Bill needed to be on like on base or like it was somebody being vindictive. It was, Oh yeah. The general says, I refuse to let anybody but you cut my hair. That's yeah. why you're going to get in, sh- in the hot shit for this. And that's how I know you're not like, if you're not here, then something is up. Um, right. I appreciated the little confidence booster that he gave bill at the end of that. Cause like you would said in the beginning of the episode, he is looking for that validation somewhere and he's not getting it from Jack's anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I, I gave it a Char King. How about you? Um, I feel kind of bad. I gave it a Megalotane. Okay. It's, I don't feel bad. I just you don't, don't, you like don't, don't feel bad. I don't know. I don't like this episode. The A-plot is long. It's a it's an all-right-ish Bill episode. I I don't know. I kind of stop and like compare this to other Bill episodes we've seen. This is better than uh, Not Nut Before Christmas, the other one with Wally. Um not before Christmas. Yeah. That was not before Christmas. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I was thinking pretty pretty dresses. Um like it's better than that one. Um this is better than like this is a better episode than Bills Are Made to Be Broken. This is better than 
several, but like at the same time, nothing happens. I don't care. I, I don't know. I, how come Bill can't like something fucking, and I guess he does. I guess later on he does get into something fucking cool or wheelchair, like wheelchair based basketball and, yep. and smoking with Bobby and, um, uh, power lifting. So he does get into that later. I just, I don't know. Why does Bill have to choose the cringiest goddamn thing? And I understand why he does. Because <laughs> it's fucking Dabatrov is going to do. Yeah, and that's what he's going to do. But like, okay, so I wouldn't say that I liked it or that I enjoyed it, but I would watch it again. Okay. So I'll take Meglotane. it. It's just a sweeping Meglotane. Not even good enough to be a butane. I don't like the B plot either. I just appreciate that it's there because I couldn't do a full episode of just Bill and his dumb shit. But. Bill Basso Profundo Treve and his bullshit. I don't I'm trying to think of a good <laughs> Dabatrov joke and I can't think of it musically. <laughs> anyway, um we need to get out of here before we do that. Um this is our last episode of season nine. Johnny, what do you give season nine of King of the Hill using our charcoal to blue flame? Um let's see here. We did this for eight, and I think we gave it a butane, right? I believe, yeah. I'm going to say this is a megalotane. It's half a step below. Um, it didn't okay. quite hit the same highs as season eight did. I feel like the overall consistency was kind of erratic. Um, I was genuinely surprised to find earlier this evening that you, you and I gave up Imperial to something. Yep. Um, yep. The highest gonna, rating we've done this yeah. season. Like yeah. we have, we have five two tanes this season. That should be enough, right? Like, that is indicative, like, just on Law of Average. Well, okay, so we also have, um, you charcoaled Mrs. Wakefield. Yep, deservedly. Um, you megalode Arlen City Bombers. I megalode Smoking and the Bandit. Yeah, I think, like, sweepingly butane. Um, yeah. I charkinged your, or, uh, yeah, I charking Yard She Blows. Okay. And I megalode Dell to the Chief, like, yeah, sweepingly megalotane. Yeah. Or maybe it's just so, straight. Bu- maybe it's like a straight butane, like because there's more butanes than anything else. So, yeah, well, but I can't. I can't justify a butane rating for the whole season if I would rather watch the previous season as a butane. Mm, okay. Okay. At least that's that's my way of thinking because it'd be one thing if I if I went yeah eight and nine are that about the same damn thing. I feel the same way. I don't feel the same way. I feel like we had more quality in eight, and I would I would rather I have an opinion. I would rather watch it over nine. So I can't give it the same rating. Now it it isn't a drastic drop for me. Um, I feel like we are starting to get some good character development here. We are starting to dig into Lucky, and I like Lucky, even though you may not be his biggest fan. Um, but I'm, yeah, dude, I am objective, fits for me. and I will get to Lucky when we get to goddamn Lucky. You're you're fine. I'm not judging you for it, man. You're allowed <laughs> no, to your No, I am trying here. to be so goddamn <laughs> like I don't. I, I, I'm trying to be so goddamn mellow about this. I just I'm trying. It's gonna be tough, but I'm trying. Yeah. So yeah, I think for the season for me, man, it's it's a megalotane. Okay. It's a step below season eight. Not a big step, but a step. Okay. What about you? Um, yeah, I think I'd have to give it a Megalotane. Like, other than the weird upset that was me really liking uh, Wakefield. And I didn't even like Wakefield. That was just a Putane, but still, I liked it better than you did. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, I'm looking back at these and, okay, so... Rover runs through it, it sucked. Wakefield sucked. 
Yard She Blows, I really liked. You were nonplussed. Dale of the Chief, I didn't like it. You were nonplussed. Petrate Act, uh, uh, Tutane, and, rec- and Reconcilable Differences, Tutane, which is amazing to me. Um, wow, Mutual yeah. of Omabois, Tutane. Caretaking Care of Business, Tutane. Arlen City Bombers, Megalobutane. Yeah, I just... Yeah, it's it's butane. It's not megalotane quite yet because it is solidly okay. like based off of just average. It's a it's got to be a butane, but fuck, it's okay. It is the strongest butane you can get. It is like the purest <laughs> butane. I love to hate and I hate to love this season of King of the Hill. Okay. Yeah. I believe yeah. it, man. Do, well, do I say. I, I, I believe, I, I believe, Mark, that we need to get out of here, but we have that oh-so-important question to ask ourselves, and that is, Mark, do you, do, do, you, do you believe and like King of the Hill? I believe. I believe in King of the Hill. Yeah? You believe? No, no, I still, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Do you still believe? <laughs> whoa, whoa, like? I almost made an ass of myself here. <laughs> Mark, I, lo- I still love King of the Hill. If that wasn't Pick apparent, we, we've got uh, 10, 11, 12, Pick it up. 12, Answer 13. the phone. Answer the goddamn phone. Two kings. Uh, hey, hey, Jordan, do, 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 do you still like King of the Hill? Yeah, Mark, I still love King of the Hill. You still, you still love it? You're not yeah. making an ass out of yourself when you say you love it? I don't know I'm covering no. my mouth. I'm making an ass out of what, what are we fucking doing? You're making a point. Johnny, you love King of the Hill. I love King of the Hill. I'm sorry. Dude, we're in no, season you're 10. Good. I'm yeah, still we got, so... We have four left. Okay, so, so right now where we're at, you and I, it's been two weeks since the D, like to the day, yeah. more or less. There's like a hole in my life where my like dopamine D should, should be. But... <laughs> Fuck. I'm just... <laughs> I miss it. It was so great. Um. Um. Guys, I, I, if I, if you haven't already uh, done this with your podcasting partner, there is no better of a, a communal, like community building exercise than taking them to go and see Tenacious D. I can wholeheartedly say it was like the best possible thing I could have done for this podcast. Here, here. Friends will be friends. They're podcasting naked in the sand. Friends will be friends. They're too wizardly podcasting as great kings, and they'll someday form a Facebook page. Johnny, tell us where we can find us. Absolutely. Gotta get guys, out of here. And guys and gals of the internet land, you can always reach out to the Dangle Podcast at Dangle Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook. We've got like uh, at least a group there. Um, we, we've got some potentially new emails coming in, um, for all three of, of the high hammock studios podcast productions, but that's incoming here. Um, you can always email us now at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Instagram personally at krautball. That is kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. And I want to give a shout out to a new listener, um, old friend of mine, Michaela. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Hope you're enjoying the show. Mark, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find us at our other sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to. Johnny, this week we talked about um, atmospheric beasts. So, like, what if I was to tell you that there was as much life in the sky above your head as there is in the ocean? Well, that's the void Ooh. I looked into this week. I read 
three books from the 1960s and I am dumber for it, but God damn it, it's like a special kind of dumb. Or you can find us on our other sister podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and our buddy Brad, well, we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge by showing each other our favorite movies that the other one missed, but then we discuss that super important question of when can I show my favorite movies to my kids? Because, of course, at this point, we're all adults in our 30s, and we all have kids, right? Just about. Right, guys? Right? (laughs) Right? Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. We're doing some really good work over there. We just did um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly this week. Johnny, you know me. I love my westerns. I got super horned up. Um... You can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. I don't think I said that. And, and, just whatever, I don't care. Yes, you already mentioned it, John. Um, I'll, you know, shout out at Podcast at Gmail. But, um, hey man, if anybody wants to do anything with anything with any one of us, the best way to do that is to send an email to highhammockradio at gmail.com. Um, this is what's happening. We are now radio. It is happening we are ascending. Um, it's just getting bigger. It's happening. I, I believe, Johnny. It's the blob. I believe that we are two podcasting kings. I don't know. Um, I, we're getting there, man. We have our squires in Josh and uh, and uh, Brad. So yes, yes. What, what do <laughs> no, you call? No, there are like, wizards. We're like weird knights of a round table, but like I'm the king and you guys are my knights. I think because I'm in all three shows. I don't fucking know how it works, but. It's only going to get better from here, I think, right? So, I, yeah. I think so. Well, that, that being said, listeners, um, we hope that it only stays good for you guys. We're looking to season 10 now. Mark's on board next week to watch Hank's on board. So, there we go. That's all we can ask for, right? Johnny, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. <laughs> I'm rambling and scared of the future, and I don't know how to take it. We've done nine seasons, dude. Do you realize? Nine goddamn seasons. Like... You and me doing this little project called the Dangle Podcast. Nine seasons oh, yeah. of King of the Hill covered. And... Hey, bless you, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, for giving us nine seasons of shit to watch. I appreciate you both. I also appreciate each and every one of our listeners. I hope you have a great evening, and we will see you next week. Well said, buddy. We'll see you next week. We love you all, everyone. Good night.